This the remix. You know, my impression of the Raiders are, you know, they're tough, they play hard, which I like to hang my hat on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of that organization and, you know, being one of those gritty players. Uh, they, they just got moving me towards the box, so Will, linebacker specifically. Um, really just matching up with tight ends and uh, playing the run. That's my main, um, main way they want to use me. The Las Vegas Journal Review. Let's face it. We haven't rushed the quarterback, and we haven't turned the football over. I mean, those are two things if you want to be a good defense you have to do. We have not done it, and we think these three guys can help us do it. Whacking that thing around. I talked to him pretty early on, and we had a lot of good conversations um, about me fitting in the defense. Um, we had multiple interviews, conversations, talked to uh, Coach Gruden, um, talked to the whole defensive staff, and they, and they just told me, you know, they needed the safety. Um, and they were planning to come get me. So, so yeah, I'm super excited. I'm pumped. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Welcome. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. <coughs> Aaron Rodgers news is fun. Uh, if you missed it earlier in the show, The Athletic reported that Aaron Rodgers in group texts with his teammates refers to the Packers GM as Jerry Krause. Uh, which is a fun burn for anybody that watched The Last Dance, or I guess is just old enough to have been paying attention when the Bulls were good in the 90s. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem very happy in Green Bay. I was just going to ask how many of his teammates are like, Jerry Krause, cool. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is that? The GM would know. <laughs> the yeah. guy the guy he's ripping probably knows. The, the, yeah, that's right. Like, what if he's on a Zoom and he says that and then all his teammates have blank stares back and I'm like, is that who's that guy? Is that are we supposed to like laugh at that? No, or, they all watch the last dance. Come on, that yeah, they mostly all watch. There was them. no sports. Th- yeah, that's true. what were they supposed to be doing? That's true. I mean, they're athletes, so they. I don't feel like the pandemic hit the same way for them. No, they had to watch the last dance. <laughs> okay, they had to have. They had to have. There's nothing else to do at the time. It was the last and dance this, in Tiger King. This had to be Zoom, right? No he group didn't... text. Oh, a text. Yeah. How many people are on that text? Can't be the whole team. Enough to tell, no the, way enough to tell the athletic. There's no way the Rodgers talks to all his teammates. Yeah, that might be the, the more breaking I'd news. I'd love to know how many people are on chat. that text. Yeah. I'm a little I, surprised he's in a group chat. Somehow That's true. it feels like it's still Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what if the only person in that text is Jordy Nelson? Jordy, this guy's like Krause. <laughs> I know who that guy is. No, no, and Jake Kumaro, because that's the, that's the report that he he liked Jake Kumaro, and then he's Jake Kumaro was in Buffalo. So that's it. Kumaro, Cobb, and Nelson. Nobody else is on that on that text. <laughs> what? There's like four people, and it's become a huge story. It's like there's three people on this guy's phone, and none of them play for the Packers exactly. besides Aaron Rodgers. So Bill Barnwell of ESPN wrote a story yesterday about Aaron Rodgers and potential. Trades, And he actually identified seven teams that he thought it would make sense to try to go after Aaron Rodgers. And that's beyond the three that were named in Denver, San Francisco and Vegas. It included Washington. It included Miami. It included the New York Giants. Right. So there's a lot of teams that he threw in here as potential. Hey, they could or should make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. But for the Packers, this was his potential uh, trade to get Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr. Two first-round picks and one second-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers in return. 
Um, I think a if you're the Raiders, that's a no-brainer, and you've you've accepted that trade as soon as it's offered. Yeah, because again, we've said it like countless times. Like it's two first-round picks and one second-round pick because Derek Carr doesn't matter. Yes, you're getting rid of him anyway. So to say Derek Carr in that situation, nothing against him, but we've said it often. He shouldn't even be involved in like when you're throwing out trade proposals because you know if they get Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to be on the Raiders. So you can have Derek Carr, I guess. I you know, and unless they don't want him, and you feel you can move Carr for other things and get like you know some some value back for him. But if you have to throw in Carr, that's a complete no brainer. I mean, if that's what the Packers would take, it might be Jerry Cross. I mean, that's that's a in my mind, like a, that's a steal for the Raiders. What are the Packers going to do with Derek Carr? Well, they have Jordan Love. So what Bill Barnwell wrote in here is, I think the Packers would only do this if they were truly convinced that Rodgers wasn't going to ever play for them again, and if Aaron Rodgers has a no-trade clause and can steer his own way to Las Vegas. Because this was, he, he ranked these, this was the second worst offer of any of the teams <laughs> that he put together. So... This is him doing the offers. Yes, him him coming oh, up with the okay. offers. So, like, that was the offer. One of the other offers was, uh, like, for example, uh, Washington would give up three first-round picks, a second-round pick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and a defensive tackle uh, that I'm not going to pretend to know who the defensive tackle is, but apparently he's pretty good. So the issue that Bill Barnwell wrote is that the Raiders roster doesn't have any players that are that appealing to in a trade. Like it's Darren Waller and that's pretty much no. it. Like Darren Waller's the only guy on the roster anybody would want to trade for. So when you're trying to put together a trade, if you're the Raiders, you really are just sending draft picks. Like that's the only thing you can trade for Aaron Rodgers. Whereas a lot of other teams actually have some good young players that the Packers might be interested in. I could I could see them this is the trade. You can have Aaron Rodgers. You can have Derek Carr, which, again, give up Derek Carr because you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Two ones, a two, and we want Darren Waller, and they balk at it. Could you see that? Like, I could see them saying no on that. Yeah, I could. Because I just think they think, well, he is really good. I'm not saying he's not. He's, like, probably a top three tight end, but it's. I could see them saying no on it. Yeah, which would I be, would do the trade. Yeah, which would be dumb because yeah. Aaron Rodgers would make Foster. Yeah, Moreau exactly. I mean, all of a sudden Foster Darren Moreau would be like you know Jason Witten, and they'd have yeah. something there. Be like Jason Witten. <laughs> they'd have something there. He'd be better than Jason <laughs> Witten, just like he was last. But I year. could see Gruden like saying, "So we get Rodgers. What is Rodgers like more important than Carr and Waller? It's like, well, given in three years you've won nineteen games, maybe. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. But I in his mind, I could see, ooh, Darren Waller. So. After reading this story from Bill Barnwell and like the the number one trade that he had on here was the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And he had them sending two first round picks plus Patrick Sertain, who they just took in the first round of this last draft, plus Tim Patrick, who is a, I think he's like 27, but a younger wide receiver that the Broncos are hoping becomes really good. And Drew Locke is just thrown into the yeah, trade to get rid of the quarterback. Nobody, yeah. Jordan loves like, yeah, do that trade. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys... Traded to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. And that's sort of the problem the Raiders have is they don't have, an, they, like the Broncos have two attractive players they put in that trade. The Raiders don't have that. Like you could put Darren Waller in there, but after that they don't have a second uh, attractive player to put in there. Like that type of trade makes a lot more sense for the Packers because you get two good players right now plus two first round picks for the future. And you can go to Jordan Love right away. That's Yeah, it's like it's like Jared just said, if, 
if you're going to Jordan Love right away, then do the Drew Locke trade because nothing yeah. that doesn't matter. I mean, Derek Carr, you if you took him, I think the question would be, is he a bridge? Like, you're not taking him to not play. Right. It would, to me, it, like, if you're the Packers right now and you do, in fact, trade Aaron Rodgers, you have to go to Jordan Love. Yeah, that's why you did all you this. You can't, you, like, yeah, exactly. You took him in the first round. He sat for, you have to go to him if Aaron Rodgers is not on this team. Like, because... If you're the Packers, and let's just say they make the trade with the, the Raiders and they get Derek Carr. You have to play Derek Carr. You're probably going to make the playoffs, but you're not yeah. winning the Super Bowl. Right. Like, you're not you're not going to win the Super Bowl with Derek Carr as your quarterback there. You probably won't win it either with Jordan Love, but you got to find out if that guy's any good. Right. you got to find out if that guy is a potential star quarterback. Because if he is, then great, you made the right call, and the Packers somehow just keep rolling with another great quarterback for 15 years. But... If he's not, then okay, you got to find that out so you can move on and try to find your next franchise quarterback. So it would make very little sense to me for them to trade and acquire Derek Carr because Derek Carr is a good quarterback that should be starting in the NFL. But if you're the Packers, you don't want to be starting Derek Carr. Would you give up three ones, a two, and Waller and keep Carr, but then you have an ability to make some some uh, return on Carr? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I would too. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Absolutely. Three ones, Waller, and a second. And then you can deal cars somewhere else and probably get a two or I don't know what you get yeah, back on Derek Carr. Because again, for the Raiders, like the way they've built the roster, their ceiling at the moment is make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like this team's ceiling is, hey, uh, they can maybe win nine or 10 games and get in the playoffs. They're not probably going to win a playoff game because they're going to be on the road. And that's the ceiling. And the other problem is that the Chiefs are in this division. And unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, there's almost no path to winning the AFC West. So even if you make the playoffs, you're having to go on the road and having to play all your games as a wild card team on the road. So if you get Aaron Rodgers, even if you sacrifice your future with those first round picks, it's not like they do anything with them anyways, but even if you sacrifice your future with those first round picks, and even if you give up Darren Waller, your best passing option, your ceiling becomes much higher. Sure. Because all of a sudden you have a quarterback that again can make a Foster Moreau mm -hmm. look like one of the best tight ends in football. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind if Foster Moreau was the number one tight end for Aaron Rodgers, he'd be he'd be top seven, mm -hmm. top six in, yeah. in receiving yards among tight ends. Who is fat number eighty that used to play for the Packers that Dar or that uh, Aaron Rodgers kept like throwing touchdowns to his uh, entire career? Is it a tight end? Yes, it was like something. I, I want to say his last name was Rodgers too. Oh, they did they. I was think it? they had a tight end. Was a he tight before or after Rodgers? I think he was at the same time, but it was when Cobb was hurt. And uh, who was the guy who play, played in a hoodie? James Jones. That uh, was that was Raiders great uh, James Jones who played in the hoodie, which is great look. Everybody should play in the hoodie. But again, Aaron Rodgers made a guy in a hoodie and a fat guy basically like, I can still work with this. All right. I, I just Googled Packers tight ends. Jimmy Graham? No, 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 obviously, yeah. You're Michael Finley. I think he got hurt. Lance Kendricks. I don't think that's a tight end. Andrew Quarles. No idea. Tom no. Crabtree. No idea. Okay, then no. I'm I'm not seeing whoever you think the tight end was. Who was that guy? <laughs> but if you're the Raiders, I think they should be doing everything they can to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I don't think they're going to have enough unless no. they simply throw an insane amount of draft picks. Is there a is there a limit on how many first round picks you can trade? Don't they have a limit on you can only trade so many years in advance with your picks? What was the Herschel Walker trade? 
might have come in after the Herschel Walker because of the Herschel Walker. That, yeah, and Herschel Walker might have changed everything. You can oh, you can't give up to thirty picks because that's not gonna. That, it's gonna mess with our competitive par- parity balance. Because when, um, when Ricky Williams got traded, that was for all the picks in a single right. draft, right? Single that draft. wasn't yep. like, hey, we're giving you seven picks in right. the future. Right. That was here's every every single pick we have in this draft. So. I I, th- I think I'd have to look that up. I think there might be a rule you can only trade so far in advance. I mean, but he's I, incredible. But is anyone giving up more than three ones? No, I can't imagine. That's a lot. If yeah. you got past three ones, I mean, he's incredible. I would. I mean, look, if I'm the Raiders, I'd give up three ones. But now you're getting into a number where that's a lot of ones over a lot of years. Especially if he's 32. That's one thing. He's 38. So it's kind of a difference if you're talking three, four, five ones. Yeah. But I would say this, Jonathan Abram. Cleland Furl and Colton Miller for Aaron Rodgers. Those are three first round picks, and of course you're doing that. That's how the Raiders. Oh, are yeah. I would trade so, all. I would trade all six first yes. round picks in the secondary. For yes, him. you would trade every. <laughs> Listen, Hayward, we've pat, we uh, got you yesterday, and we we've already released Jeff Heath, but you're now going to the Rodgers. <laughs> call deal. the call the Packers and say, all right, we got three first round picks and three second round picks to send you. The Packers say, great, we'll take it. And all of a sudden, Casey Hayward and Jonathan Abrams show up in Green Bay. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not what we thought was happening. We are questioning here. that these guys were ever first and second round picks. Oh, I found out who it was. The fat guy was Richard Rodgers. That doesn't uh, sound like a real player. He caught the uh, Hail Mary in, oh. Uh, oh. D- in Detroit. That, oh. The one pass in on the... On the uh, yeah, the, where he got face Yeah, masked, exactly. And he, he he, how did it. he run down that far? Well, do you not remember Aaron Rodgers no, basically I'm just, just like saying, rolled around appear, for a it while? It didn't appear that he was in shape to where he could get down there that he far. He didn't get that deep in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. At Sam and Ash Law on Twitter, Sam and Ash are with us again on a Wednesday. Best personal injury attorneys in town. The man told you, 702-820-1234. We are back in studio. What do you think about it? How great is this? Oh, yeah. I don't have a cough button or a pause button, so that's been screwing me up the whole day because usually I'm pausing and I don't know I'm back on, so I'm screaming at these poor guys, hello, hello, and uh, they can't hear me because I paused uh, to uh, leave the room. But, uh, yeah, everything's good. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're right, great. Cool. Ash, were you on a Southwest flight this morning? I might have been. Oh, okay. All right. I saw the Maybe. tweet. I saw the tweet. Uh, speaking of flights, <laughs> I hope this hope this woman wasn't on your flight. Uh, the first story we want to get with you guys today is a woman found herself in restraints on the second half of a New York to uh, uh, a New York uh, flight to New York City on Sunday. So this is a little this is a little weird. I've been on many many flights. I've seen some loons, not to this point. Apparently, Chesnisa Campbell was mad that a flight attendant didn't pick up her garbage, which I assume is Campbell's garbage. And she got so incensed that she got out of her seat and she moved towards the flight attendant. Another one tried to intervene and Shanisa decided, I'm just going to punch this person in the face and uh, because I wanted them to pick up my trash. Um, undercover cuffed her, restrained her for the rest of the flight. When they get to New York, she's taken into custody. So there's a lot to this, but the one thing I really am interested in, because I always wondered this, if you're an off-duty cop or even just 
Tyler, Jared, or I, and we absolutely get out of our seat. I'm not saying any of us would or get involved in any of this and put someone under restraints. Like, can you go after that person? Let's say, like, you're hurt being put in restraints. Like, they, she, the cop hurts this woman some way. Like, it sounds nuts, but could she ever have, like, a, a you know, something in terms of a suit towards a person who restrained her? I mean, she could bring the suit. I don't think it'd be very successful because she's not a sympathetic plaintiff. I mean, you, you know, th- but I, I think the question for either a lot of people have is like, do I, do I intervene? Right. Right. I mean, if something like this is going down, uh, do I step up and act? And here, the the cop that that was an off-duty uh, New York Police Department officer, who who you know presumably has training in how to how to do this, and um, and has done it once or twice, and so he, I think, is is a much better person than you or I to come in and 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 to DIY no, this. No, just just say me. Just say me. You're a good person. No, I was gonna throw, I thought no. maybe Jared. You know, no. we he, I could see him putting the beat down on somebody. You know, I, look. But the thing is, like, if there's somebody, it's in our instinct to come to the aid of of our fellow human beings, right? And here, this poor flight attendant's getting savaged by this nut job. And and somebody stepped up. What if the cop hadn't been there? What if um, it was up to to you or I? You know, I don't know. I I I probably I probably would intervene, and and I would you know, and I would I would do it because that's that's who I am. I I, ha- I can't just let somebody get get hurt. So you mentioned she's not a sympathetic plaintiff, but on the idea of an off-duty cop, like can they just put anybody in handcuffs if they think it's necessary? Well, I mean, in a, by the way, here, when you're interfering with a flight crew, it's a federal offense, very serious crime, and it's, um, and, and, if, and it's a felony being committed in front of you, then absolutely you are justified. In fact, you know, you or I would be justified in intervening and preventing that act from going forward. So, you're, you know, you're, you, have, you, you have authorization in a, in a sense. You've got some privilege to act to, to, to end that assault from occurring. So if I am traveling with zip ties, I could have gone up and grabbed her and put her hands behind her back and sat her well, down with zip ties. I think ties. the zip ties came from the the flight crew has the zip ties, right? <laughs> it's not like this cop had a bunch of, you know, had his cuffs on him. I don't know. Maybe he did. But here it sounds to me like the, the flight crews all have, unfortunately, they all have, you know, restraints ready to go because there's a lot of crazy people on airplanes right now. If there are any TSA, like, Agents listening, if Tyler comes through the airport with zip ties, don't let him on the plane. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, I was going to chime in and just make sure the woman assaults a, uh, a flight attendant before you start zip tying. Yeah, taking the zip ties off. <laughs> Ash, speaking of Southwest, Don't Ash, jump the gun on that. Y- you know, being on Southwest supposedly this morning, that I would get up at any time unless I have that seat I love with no seat in front of me with the feet. I can spread yeah. the feet out. If I'm in that seat, there's no chance I'm getting up because I someone could steal that seat. Any other seat, I'll get up and help. But if I got the seat I want, there's no, ch- there's no chance I'm getting out of that seat. Um, what so do you, you, wait, you answered. What do you mean? When you fly, you, is this like middle school lunch? What do you mean they're going to oh, steal the ask, seat? Ask Ash, though. You got to get that seat with no seat in front of you for the foot lounging. I love that. I, I'm, with, I'm with you. And I, I generally love yes. that bulkhead seat. Yes. But today, I had a, a special passenger. I had Rocky with me. So oh, I, cu- yes. I couldn't. Can't I go in the emergency be- exit aisle with Rocky. I know. I know. He can't, he can't lift the lever and open the door if we're having an emergency. <laughs> Although, I'll tell you, I'm often in the emergency exit aisle, and Rocky's smarter than most of the people. Um, <laughs> the, you did answer one of my questions. It's interesting, though, because you know you go all the way back to the tragedy that was 9-11 and the security sense and of what, what uh, responsibilities and or freedoms flight attendants have to take action here. So if they have the zip ties, if there's not a person willing or if there's not a ex-cop or a, you know an off-duty cop, 
if they can, I don't know if all flight attendants are capable of this or this is part of their training, then I'm assuming they can also restrain somebody, given what we've been in since uh, the, the, the uh, 9-11? Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, but here's what everyone needs to know. Basically, um, flight attendants have almost law enforcement-like powers. Don't argue with the flight attendant. <laughs> it is not worth it. Yes, a lot of great flight attendants out there. Some of them are total, you know, you know what's like they're terror, like they they have power trips and all that. You can be right, but if it com- comes to a conflict, you're wrong because the flight attendant is there and ha- has federal law backing him or her up, and and just don't do it. So take your seat, listen to flight attendant, follow their instructions and take it up with the airline later or pick a different airline if you've had a couple of bad experiences, but just do not interfere with the flight crew. It's a very serious crime. So brothels are reopened <laughs> in Nevada. It's the, it's the press box transitions we love. Good segue. <laughs> hey, look, it, I know you guys run a lot of shows, but there's no chance you get the transitions that we give you. No chance. You guys are smooth. I appreciate this. But with brothels reopening, uh, the sex workers there, they have to wear masks the entire time until they're in a private room with somebody. Oh, my gosh. Answered my question. Did did Jared pick this topic? I think he did, yes. Uh, We gave Jared a little too much control. Um, You think I can afford a brothel? (laughs) So I, I guess my question is more along the lines of, how would people find out if they were or were not wearing their mask? Is somebody that's going to a brothel really snitching on the brothel they went to? Snitches get stitches. Yeah, you know no. there's undercover cops go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the law enforcement officer charged with going undercover to brothels. I, I, I don't know if there is. There's probably got to be there's somebody. There's got to be someone. I mean, there's probably a licensing deal, you know, to make sure that everyone's complying. And I don't know. Do you think that's a tough gig to get people to sign up for? <laughs> well, they might be Still lining up for it. <laughs> um, can you, and this is, again, we're going back to this. Tyler's got a good question because it's the admittance of being in the brothel that if you bring action, obviously, I assume it becomes somewhat public. And, you know, then it's like the next question is, now, why were you there again? But what happens if for whatever reason you get injured in any kind of way at a brothel, is this an assumption of risk when you actually walk in there, or Depends is there still, the the, or is there? Well, now Ash, this is a, we're, we're, this is a, this is a you know, family a show. show. It's a family show. Where's uh, my cough button? Is, is there any kind of you know if you get injured, is there an, or is there an assumption of risk when you walk in the door? Okay, it's a brothel's like any other establishment in the sense that you know there is a duty of care that they owe visitors uh to their to their business and so there it can't you know any you know or their property so the like the facility the building it has to be up to code it has to be reasonably safe there can't be dangerous conditions uneven floorboards or anything like that and if of course if you trip and fall because of a dangerous condition within this brothel brothel you have a case and, but yeah, you're gonna have to make that calculation. Do I want to admit that I was there? What's so absurd about the story is that they are, they are, they are requiring masks <laughs> among people who are presumably going to be exchanging precious bodily fluids. Precious. Right? Precious. It's not so precious. Yeah. Well, that- no, but I mean, think about that because we know that COVID can be transmitted sexually, right? We know this. 
And so, no, it, it, Ashley's making a face. No, I didn't, it can I didn't, be. I, didn't, was I, mean, that, was I haven't the, done did, the research. I was going to say, did someone bury that lead of all the stories I've, re- I've read? <laughs> yeah, I, of all the headlines, <laughs> I missed that one. Well, it's true. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it can it can happen. So there, So you're telling me that you have to mask up and you're worried about particles going through the air. And then you get with that same person in that type of setting. I, I mean, I'm, I just think this is such a, a, an example of silly government regulation. I mean, it's a great way to lose your sense of smell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you might okay. want to not have your sense of smell going in. <laughs> so it, is it anything more than a fine? Like if, if a brothel got in trouble for the, the, whoever's not wearing a mask, like is it anything more than a fine that happens here? I have no idea. I, I would assume that if it's one or two violations, it's a fine. And if it's repeated violations, they can lose their um, their business their, license. Yeah. Man, unbelievable. You got Rocky in the exit row. We're talking about brothels. The transitions are wonderful. They're in the press box. What is Rocky's favorite brothel? <laughs> I, I did just read that one of the oh names my, is called no, the Chicken Ranch. The Chicken Ranch. I don't know. Okay. I think Rocky's a fan of chicken, so he'd probably <laughs> wander in there accidentally and be like, this is not what I was looking for. Wrong chickens. Wrong, wrong thighs. I know you have something to say. Oh, no. I was just like, Are you hey, sure? Because it, you've, it, you put your microphone on, you're looking like you have something to say. No, I just, all I was going to say is, uh, isn't the whole premise of a brothel like you, you want to entice people to come in? I know the chicken like, ranch. Yeah, the chicken ranch is like that. Yeah. That is not like ooh. Let's go to the chicken <laughs> ranch. Seven zero two eight two zero or something. Seven zero two eight two zero one two three four at Salmon Law on Twitter. Best in the business. Get to them if you need any kind of personal injury attorney uh, work. They are the best in the business. Call them twenty four seven because you deserve what's right. Uh, <laughs> Please transition to Clay if he doesn't ask about the brothel to uh, talk to you about brothels. I really want to know those answers. Okay, uh, we're on it. We'll report back. Please report Next back week. because uh, don't, don't, he'll probably go with the uh, he'll probably go with the uh, he might go with the um, airline. But uh, I really want to know his uh, answers if there's any kind of intimate uh, you know firsthand knowledge or anything he can give us back uh, to uh, make the uh, segment even more interesting. So thanks, guys. We really appreciate everything. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you, guys. Take Sam care. and Ash, best in the business. A two zero one two three four. Yeah, that was Tyler had the great transition. Airplane, airplane, airplane. Brothels are open. (laughs) What? Got to make the announcement. All right. Coming up next, that Colt Miller extension that the Raiders gave out. It looks even weirder every day that goes by. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. And you can't mute yourself anymore. You're in studio. You got a mic in your face. Did you turn it on? Yeah, I actually had you uh, off no, the whole time. <laughs> All right. I miss mute. Uh, I miss mute. 
Coming up in about 10 minutes, your chance to win a copy of MLB The Show. So stay tuned if you'd like a copy of that for Xbox. Uh, but Bischoff's briefs today as Jared just hit a button and said a cuss word. And what'd you break? Are we on the air? You two are. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the most panicked looks I've seen on your face. A piece of the board fell apart. And, oh. Uh, oh, well, it's, it's a Wednesday. So. Welcome back to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> so today's Bischoff's Briefs, assuming we can make it through this segment without the studio falling apart, is about Colton Miller uh, because Warren Sharp on Twitter uh, was tracking the fifth-year extensions that are given out to first-round picks. Colton Miller's draft class, uh, all those players were eligible for a fifth-round extension that kicks in in 2021, but you have to exercise it this offseason. You've got to do it a year earlier than you would think to get that extra fifth year. Well, of the 32 first round picks back in 2018, Colton Miller is the only one that was given a multi-year extension. 21 of the 32 picks had their fifth year option picked up. Nine players had their fifth year option declined Josh Rosen was waived after getting traded, but Josh Rosen got waived, so he technically no longer has his rookie deal, and Colton Miller received an extension. That's it. That's the breakdown of the 2018 first-round class and what happened to them for their fifth-year extension. I find this fascinating because if you look at some of the guys that were drafted in the first round of 2018... We're talking about Baker Mayfield. We're talking about Josh Allen. Uh, On the defensive side, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb. Like, there are really, really good players that got taken in the first round of the 2018 draft. And Colton Miller is the only one that was given an extension prior to his fifth-year option. The only one. Because the rest of those teams know whether it's a quarterback in Baker Mayfield, whether it's a defensive back who seems to intercept the pass in every game in Minka Fitzpatrick, the other teams know that fifth-year option brings them value for one more season because they're still cheap. The fifth year is more expensive than the first four years by a lot, but it's still cheaper than what Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield would get if they negotiated an extension early, which is what the Raiders did, and it makes the Colton Miller extension even more puzzling when you look and say, well, he's not better at his position than Minka Fitzpatrick. He's not better at his position than Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen. Why would the Raiders be the one team to give their 2018 first round pick that multi-year extension when other teams have much better players and are not giving out that multi-year extension? It's so strange to me that they gave Colton Miller that deal a two years before they would have had to have done it. Like it's so bizarre to me and it increased his cap hit for this season. It, I still can't figure out what the purpose of it was. We said it when it happened, it's, and we kind of compared flurry and others. I don't know why people, if it's not an obvious choice and the guy's obviously not been great for two or three years that you extend people when you don't have to, I don't get that. And the thing I think we're hearing a lot, which, you know, it's, it's, you don't want to always be kind of going the other way, but Everyone has been said, well, you know, Colton Miller, people thought he was a reach, but it's working out. Okay, but it's all relative. It's like we said, if they go from 28th to 22nd in the defense, it doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. It's all relative. With Colton Miller, I think it's all relative, too, because he stunk his first year. Right. 
So it's all relative. Like, yes, he's better, but to me, what are you comparing that to? Right. It's the the Colton uh, I mean, Miller like the Colton Miller stuff has been fascinating to me because even Jason Fitz said I should have yelled at him about it. But like but he said the same thing. He's like, well, it's worked out. It's like I don't know if it's worked out. Yet. Right. He Colton Miller's career. He was really bad his rookie year. His second year, he was better, but still right. below average. And then this past season, he was about an average tackle in the NFL. And yeah. and that's it. Again, he, he has gotten better. Like, they deserve credit that Colt Miller sure. has gotten better. But it's not like they've gotten the best left tackle in football. No. It's not like they have a top five left tackle in football in Colt Miller. They have had an average left tackle for last season. And if he keeps getting better, maybe he becomes a top 10 tackle in football. But he's not there yet. And it, it's weird to me, the Colt Miller stuff, because that's been used to justify the Alex Leatherwood book. They're like, well, they yes. reached on Colton Miller and he worked out. And I'm like, listen, yeah. if Leatherwood has the Colton Miller career path where he's terrible as a rookie, below average in his second year and average as a third year, that's not working out. No. Like, that's not good. Like, that's a... And the problem is when you look at the Raiders draft picks, that's the best of the first round picks. I mean, it's Josh Jacobs had Josh a great Jacobs rookie and him, season yeah. and yeah. Colton Miller was an average tackle yeah. last year. That's that's as good as they've gotten from these first round and, picks. So. And I know they keep going back to Colton Miller's knee injuries for sure. I get that, but he still gave up the most sacks in the league. And if the knee injuries hurting him to the point that he's giving up the most sacks in the league, then why'd you play him? Yeah. Like, I, if you play him, you play him. I mean, that that's on you and the medicals or whatever, but you still played him. Uh, I will tell you they did have the best right tackle in, in football because they made him the highest paid offensive lineman. <laughs> the, the, LeBron right <laughs> the LeBron James of right tackles. The LeBron James of right tackles. He's not here anymore. Uh, no, it, it, again, he gave up the most sacks, 16. Then the next year, I think he gave up eight. Still not very good. I just, I, I, when they did, the first thing I said when they did is like, well, you don't have to yet. I mean, like, you're not pressured. It's not like yeah. his last year, like, this guy's so good. We got to lock this guy up because we can't lose right. him. So they did it. And I almost wonder, I don't know. Look, I don't know why they make these decisions, but sometimes, like, well, should we do this, like, for some positive vibes to it? Because everything's been their loot. They're not making the playoffs. The defense is so bad. That's not how you should make the decisions. And I'm certainly not saying that's why they made the decision, but you can't say they made the decision. Because they're absolutely sure he's going to be an all-pro tackle. Right. Because I, I can't believe that. The benefit, the way the extension is is uh, structured, he has big cap hits this year and next year. When if they hadn't done it, I think his cap hit went up by $9 million it's this year. So they, they in a year where the salary cap yeah, stayed flat stable, yeah. and they needed to improve, they, gave, they for some reason decided we need to have a $9 million bigger cap hit on Colton Miller. But the benefit is that in years three, four, and five of Colton Miller's extension, his cap hit is much lower than what his actual salary will be. So if Colton Miller becomes, you know, really a, good. an all pro or a pro bowl level tackle, then he'll be a bargain in those last three years. The problem is he's never done that before. No. And you're counting on him continuing to get better yeah. and get to that level, which is, I'd say there's not a great chance that happens, right? Like he's probably going to be a solid left tackle, which means those last three years, it's an okay deal, but not. It's not really a benefit. Like you could sign a, you could sign a left tackle for the same price as what Colton Miller's going to be in those next three years and get the same level of production. I question the extension when the first thing he said to the media was, "I was surprised at this." <laughs> <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, "Yeah." So, so our theory that it was too soon might be fine because the guy who got the money's like, "Yeah, I was kind of surprised." And I was like, "Were you surprised?" At this? Yes. Yeah. Like so what? Like the. <laughs> I, it's it's so weird. Like the Raiders went to Colton Miller and said, "Hey, we yeah, they're the ones who started the, the, the and, conversation." Right. I just I can't comprehend what they thought the benefit 
what? <laughs> you see his agent? Hello? What? <laughs> Who is there? That, that's the easiest money that agent's ever made. He didn't even have to ask for it. It's like, all right. Is this Frank Caliendo? <laughs> Oh God! I cannot. That'd be awesome. All I that that's all I want is for Frank Caliendo. Oh, to call an agent and say we're extending or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like so, just yeah, just do it, man. Yes. Like, that'd what's be awesome. the worst that's gonna happen? Gruden's gonna be mad yes. at you for a week. Well, listen, I need a quote for a story I'm doing, so I'll take Caliendo right now if I can't get Gruden. <laughs> I just need someone that sounds like him giving me a quote for a story I'm working on. Caliendo <laughs> called, negotiated this extension, <laughs> and then the agent ended up a couple hours later calling John Gruden saying, all right, so we got this yes. extension done. I'm sending it over. <laughs> Sign it. Gruden's like, all right, sounds good. Do I get just... a fifth back? Do I got to give you a fifth? Ugh. No, you're spot Colton on Miller's Colt agent Miller. has a fifth round pick. No. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 17th... I'm, sure I can, I'm sure I can find you one. Hold on. The 17th pick of the fifth round is Colton Miller's agent. Like, may I? John, we gave those all away. We don't have any fifth or sixth anymore. <laughs> I, you're spot on it. I, he might end up being really good. That's fine. But you you don't see often where they extend guys and everyone's kind of looking around and say, well, you didn't even have to do that. Right. And it, again, <laughs> It's just even more bizarre. It puts it even to more bizarre light when you see the Browns haven't done that with Baker Mayfield. Right. The Bills didn't do it with Josh Allen. It didn't get done for Minka. And those dudes are probably more important they for are. their teams yeah. than Colton Miller is. That, like, those teams that they actually hit, they actually know yes. they have a good player, haven't done it. The Raiders, don't. they still don't know they have a good player, Colton Miller. They might just have an average tackle for the next five years that... They paid a bunch of money to it. It it puts it even to more perspective how weird it was they did that when no one else from his draft class has gotten that extension prior to the fifth year option that you can have on a first round pick. All right, here is your chance to win a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. MLB The Show 21 is out now. You can create your dream team in Diamond Dynasty. Play with your favorite legends, flashbacks, and current day players all on your team. Call at number six at 702 702- 364 702-364-1100. We will take caller number six for a copy of MLB The Show. Uh, until pregame skate today since last Wednesday. And, um, you know, he jumped right in with both feet, looked confident, made plays. Uh, you know, I, I wish I could have got him out there a little bit more. He deserved to play a little bit more the way he was playing. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Oh, Peyton Krebs. He's got to play him more tonight. Peyton Krebs is going to play. By the way, congratulations to Jeff. Jeff won a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. MLB The Show 21. Super fun for both hardcore and casual baseball gamers. No matter what your play style, MLB The Show 21 has you covered. We've got another copy to give away tomorrow if you did not win today. Uh, but Pete DeBoer did talk to the media earlier. This this whole playing in the central time zone really throws off the timing here because he talks to the media while we're on the air. Yeah. Not very helpful. They don't get but, to get in those Zooms. Yeah, but uh, Max Pacioretty is not going to play tonight. Uh, Peyton Krebs is going to play again tonight. And Ryan Reeves, uh, Pete DeBoer said today, will be ready to go by the time the playoffs get here. Uh, could be back for the end of the regular season, but at least by the time the playoffs are here, Ryan Reeves should be ready to go. On the patch ready note, Monday night or Monday day, uh, Max Pacioretty was a game time decision, according to Pete DeBoer. He did not play Monday. And then on Tuesday, Pete DeBoer said Max Pacioretty was day to day. 
So it went from game time decision to day to day. And now Wednesday today, he's not even a game time decision. They've already ruled him out. Has he gotten worse? Has he gotten less healthy since Monday? Because Monday it sounded like they were going to potentially play him. And now he's not even an option. And we're sitting here at 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, we're not even seeing uh, clips of him after practice doing the uh, with the uh, <laughs> assistant coach. So I, I guess they're never coming back until you see that ultimate clip of the guys after practice working with the assistants. I don't know. I mean, I, a long time ago, I stopped even trying to guess on injuries in that league or what the <laughs> hell they're talking about. Reeves was one where you and I talked about it. I, it's been so long. I think I was watching the game. He went off. And then, like, you go back through the game, you kind of, you know, I've said, like, you try to find something. I never saw anything. And he's been out for like a month. I'm like, yeah. what happened to that guy? I mean, sometimes, you know, a guy gets boarded or, you know, Tom Wilson knocks your head against the ice. You're like, oh, that's not good. He's probably going to be out for a while. But most of these injuries, you can go back through their shifts and say, I have no idea how that guy got hurt where he's been out weeks. Yeah. Ryan Reeves, they ended up putting him on long term IR. Um, I think he's eligible to come back now, though. I believe his the time period while. is up now for him to come back from long term IR. But the um, I will say I will use the word fascinating. The fascinating part about Ryan Reeves going on long term IR is that it happened right before the trade deadline when the Golden Knights needed to make some moves to create some cap space to acquire Matthias Janmark. So I will say that was a fascinating timing. But then he's still injury. been out ever since then. Right. But, well, they put him on long-term IR, yeah. meaning he had to be out for, I think it's 24 days and 10 games played, which right around now, the first week of May is when he could come back. I don't know what the exact day is, but he could come back now or fairly soon if healthy. How much money do they save by if they just never activate him? Well, it, if they, playoffs once matter. the playoffs, they can activate whoever they want. So, so the, the yeah, salary cap's irrelevant. So they might not be able to activate him with the current salary cap. Like that might simply be what it is at this point that he went on long-term IR yeah, and, and just they, wait to the playoffs. Right. If they bring him back, mm-hmm. they would put him over the cap. Um, I don't, I don't know, know if the, they're playing Minnesota. I don't know if you want to bring a guy back who hasn't played 30 days. I mean, ah. the way they play against Minnesota, you kind of want guys to get a skate in or so. Yeah, he'll be play. just as good whether he's played 30 days. Well, if they're chirping, he's back. He's back. They're can't chirping. they, can't they just put Ryan Reeves somewhere near the bench to chirp? <laughs> Does he actually have to play to chirp? Can't they just buy him a season ticket on the front row? I wish they would have played oh my yesterday. Gosh, pounding on yeah, the glass. I wish they would have played yesterday so he could have uh, dressed up in one of those uh, the May Force be with you on the bench, like yeah. as yeah, you know, like as one of the characters screaming at people. Could've just a, just a his... row of helmets and then yeah. Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, you should be allowed to play with a Darth Vader they, helmet, right? Do they only do gold helmets at home? I, mean, I haven't seen those in a while. I feel like I should know the answer to this, but I don't. <laughs> I haven't seen those in a while. Maybe that's why they keep losing Minnesota. Well, they I haven't. They haven't worn them with. Did they? Did they wear them beating Colorado? They haven't worn them with the gold jerseys. Man, I need. I should have been tracking this. I should have been tracking how often they wear the gold helmets. I feel like I have failed in not tracking how often they wear the gold helmets. Didn't you track UNLV's uniforms, uh, like, win-loss record one no, year? No, no, the media guide. They do that already. UNLV's oh. media guide does that. They do? Yeah, it's for football? football. Yeah, for football. They give you the records on if we wore the white or the red? Yeah, well, they, they'll have a little chart that says each game, and it'll say helmet color, jersey color, pant color, and then the result. So you can I mean, you can if, do it pretty quickly I mean, you yourself know, I mean, and say they're— Nothing against them, but isn't it easy to figure out the one they need to wear every week? <laughs> I mean, like, like, none of them worked last I mean, year, Ed. None of them worked well, okay, last, year. last year. Well, okay, none of them worked last year, but in recent years, you know, two with the red, white, and well, blue, no, wear that problem. every week. They, you know? They'd be like, oh, the black jerseys got to win. We wear them the next week. Oh, we lost by 35. It wasn't the black jerseys.
So it was bad planning. It's very quickly debunked whether or not it was the jerseys with UNLV football. But no, they do. UNLV football right. tracks it. It's great. I I want to say basketball. UNLV, I want to say UNLV basketball does, but I can't remember exactly. I can't remember. But yeah, UNLV football, they absolutely do. It's one of the the great things the UNLV football puts in their game notes every week is the jersey combination and the win-loss record. So wow. you can you can know red helmets, black helmets, white helmets, which ones are good. You're giving, you have, you're giving me five seconds, and Tyler needs to keep talking because if I say something, I'll get in trouble. 